Is this is this the right range for my mouth, or is this better? Uh, what you no, were at no. before was good. So right here, right here is good. Yeah, that's perfect. Actually, put okay. it on mute and then try that. <laughs> I'm glad the COVID hasn't affected your funny bone, Jack. You still got it, buddy. <laughs> I gotta be funny while I'm sober tonight. I don't know about this. Could be hard. Well, I think <laughs> being sick is kind of like being drunk. Your yeah, brain is confused. Not too sick and. Maybe you should be drinking then. Hey, why not think of that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, drinking. All right, is everybody ready? Yes, sir. Hello. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jack. What go are you going to no, say? No, say yeah. Oh, no, man. You could right. do the intro. You did a great oh, job last week doing it. Go. Okay. All right. You want to do it? No, you do it. I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it? No, I don't want to do you it. You were seeming like you wanted to do it. No. All right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Loogie. I'm your host, Zach, here as always with Jack and Andrew. Jack, it's good to have you back after your nose surgery last week. You yeah, look I, great. Thanks. Nose surgery and COVID-19. That's that's what I had last week. So. Oh, man. That'll do I'm a number on the go. voice. You sound beautiful. I'll let you know right now. Oh, All right. Sorry. Glad to hear it. Since last week, the Mets... Went three and three. We're now fifty and thirty overall. First place in the standings still. Only three and a half games ahead of the Braves now. First team in the NL to reach fifty wins. Congratulations to the twenty twenty two New York Mets. It's been an interesting week. Andrew, what did you like? What did you hate? What did you notice this week? It definitely was an interesting week. I haven't been loving the way that the Mets have been playing offensively, it's still hard to tell if it was just the fact that we ran into a lot of good pitching, especially in the Astros two mini series. Uh, but the the offensive numbers last week were pretty rough. This week they're better. We played a pretty solid game against the Reds. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it seems what we were talking about last week. We're kind of getting away from Bucky Ball. Hopefully. We're kind of going to start playing like that again and just getting on base and scratching out runs. And when we get a home run, great, but don't have to rely on it. And I think it is partially just a lot of guys out. Jeff has been out for a while. He's now back. Uh, Escobar is heating up, which is nice. And my my main observation was just the lineups. They've been changing a lot, partially because of injury, partially just Buck mixing it up. And I really loved last night's lineup. It had kind of the same top five that we always have. But then the back half was Escobar, Canna, Dom at DH, and then Nito. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's almost our ideal lineup. You can mix and match Nito or McCann based on who needs rest. You could DH Dom or DH Pete based on who needs rest. And then every once in a while, when, when other guys need rest, you can mix it up a little bit. But I really like that lineup. It's a extremely strong top seven, which most teams can't really put a lineup like that together. Uh, we'll see. I know the lineup today is a little bit different because you got to get Guillaume in there and a few other things mixed around. But to yeah. me, that that is my favorite lineup. Jack, what did you notice? Did you get to see any games this, uh, yeah, this past I did. week? I did see this after past week in particular. Well, you know, 162 games season, that's a long season. Uh -huh. You're going to have ups and downs, ebbs and ebbs and flows. And there was no way 
I mean, you look at our lineup. We only have one 300 hitter in that lineup who has potential to hit 300, and that, of course, is McNeil. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of power in that lineup. We have a lot of moderate power, other than Pete, of course. Lindor can get hot and maybe get to 25 yeah. or 30. So to expect that we were going to continue to bat whatever we're batting with runners in scoring position for an entire season, of course, this is, is not going to happen. So this is a point in the season where mm-hmm. we're going to have a f- couple missteps and, and, and a couple guys are slumping. What's nice about it happening now is it gives us insight into what we would need to help us get through the down cycles. And we're yeah. going to talk about that later because we don't have a dominant lineup um, outside of Pete and half of half of Lindor and half of McNeil. But we're going to get to that. Um, so I like that it happened now because it gave us some insight, as I was saying, to what we need to do to improve this team prior to August 1st. Um, I just want to say Thomas Nito is 2 for 24 throwing out runners while standing up. He's now 3 for 3 throwing out runners on his knees. So <laughs> I think we're going to see uh, a new and improved um, uh, Thomas Nito throwing out runners because he, he's really effective uh, doing that. I think he picked somebody off yesterday um, from his knees. So that was very impressive. And one more Important observation, I want you guys to make a note. If you ever go to Shea Stadium, there was a kid yesterday eating an ice cream sundae out of the apple. They had an ice cream bowl in the shape of the home run apple. And I'm like, I have got to get an ice cream bowl in the shape of a home run apple. So if anybody gets to Shea, I'm sorry, City, I'll pay for the ice cream sundae. Get me that damn apple. So... I really ah, that. Your yeah, birthday's yeah. coming up. I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah, do what you can. Do what you can. So, um, yeah, we slumped a bit, but as I say, it, we're, it just it, it's a prelude to making some moves to make this team better. I'll go next because I do the you know transition oh, go ahead, go ahead. and the hosting and the yada, yada, yada. What I noticed this week um, was Eduardo Escobar hitting three home runs in three days, seven RBIs over the past seven days. That was nice to see. I mean, he only batted 263. He wasn't very consistent, but he did show some more power, which was good to see. Uh, I saw another great start from Taiwan Walker against Justin Mm. Verlander in a very disappointing game against the Astros where it was 0-0 when the starters uh, got taken out and uh, sadly ended in a 2-0 loss after after Drew Smith gave up a two-run bomb to some scrub. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I noticed that Trevor Williams really, really needs to be replaced in this starting lineup with one of these two guys that we're going to talk about right now. Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom are back in action. Andrew, what can you tell us about it? Scherzer returns tonight. He had made, I believe, two rehab starts down the minors. Looked pretty good. His numbers. Uh, we were talking about he got betrayed by his defense a little bit, uh, but no one no one really cares about the numbers in the minors. It's just to throw some pitches and build back up to a starter's workload, so that doesn't really matter, but he looked good overall. He should be pitching tonight. I think the game is in a rain delay right now, but hopefully he'll still get to make that start. And then DeGrom is still a little bit further away, but he did make his first rehab start a few nights ago. 
down in single A. He faced six batters, struck out five of them, hit nice. one with a pitch. <laughs> um, it was a, it was what you would expect. It was a dominant start. There's there's no chance that A ball hitters are going to do anything against Jacob Degrom, but just the fact that he was able to make pitches, he was still throwing ninety nine to one hundred one. Yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. So he's yeah. he's making his way back. It was really cool to see. There's a few videos of him warming up, taking his pregame bullpen, and the entire team is standing behind him, watching him. Because for a lot of guys, that is the closest they're ever going to get to a big league player or the big yeah. leagues. So it is very cool to see those rehab starts. You feel bad for some of the batters that <laughs> had to get dominated by him, but he's making his way back. Those guys were just thinking about the free steak dinner they were going to get from Jacob DeGrom that night. Exactly. So, oh, by the way, he's already talking about opting out of his last year of his contract, and and uh, the Braves are, are already making noises. But um, anyway, oh, I will say this. Scherzer, DeGrom, if we get them both back and they pitch effectively the last, let's just say, two months of the season, August, September, that would be amazing. I, there's no way I could see both of these guys at their age and with their wear and tear both being effective through the last two months of the season. Just one would still be awesome. Um, I don't care who it is, but hopefully we can get something good out of these old timers and um, and not have to see much more Trevor Williams. What else we got on a pitching front? We got other problems. We got Chris Bassett out with COVID. Andrew, is that going to be what, one game he'll miss, two games? Hopefully, I think him and him and Jack were hanging out last week, so they're both oh my on the sideline hey, for a little I bit. I wouldn't have missed one game if it was me, because I bounced back. I had one night, I slept for 22 hours straight, and then I was up and ready to go. I'm cutting the lawn out there today. That's like, true. Yeah, you're you're performing easy. at a very high level athletically, aren't you, Jack? Did you give it to him, or did he give it to you? Uh, he gave it to me. I mean, I, I wouldn't give it to <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm a Mets fan. I'm going to hold it in. I'm not going to go around him. But I'll say this, I am taking care of myself. I, unfortunately, am not having my customary loogie double scotch tonight. Oh, wow. And um, so it's going to be hard for me to really think straight, but I'm going to do my best anyway, boys. Like Chris Bassett will do his best, I'll do my best too. All right, me and Andrew will will try to drink uh, enough for for, for you, you know, to to be drunk enough on this podcast. We got other stuff, other pitching to talk about. Taiwan Walker. He's been pitching lights out. Jack, oh. you got something to say about that? Yeah, Taiwan Walker, last seven starts, whip of 1.05 in his strikeout rate, which you talked about two weeks ago, is 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 increased since since the start of the season. Um, his ERA is on a 2.72. Now, what's most interesting about Walker at this point is last year at the All-Star break, after which he fell apart, and we know he made the All-Star team last year replacing DeGrom. Going to last year's All-Star game, he had 16 starts and 94 innings pitched. He is on track for almost the same exact numbers this year. He's got 14 starts, 78 innings pitched. He's got two starts left, Saturday the 9th and Thursday the 14th. Now, the sad thing about it, if he starts on Thursday the 14th, he actually would be rested to pitch in the All-Star game if he makes a team, which his numbers are certainly there. So my hope is that this is going to be different from last year where he hit a wall at the All-Star game, which is really hard to explain how he went from really good to really bad. 
But the difference I see this year, he's throwing mm-hmm. a lot more effortlessly. And, of course, he's got the improved splitter, which is giving me the, the increased K rate. But I think his, 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 his pitching style is much more relaxed. It looks less stressful. So I'm thinking if he doesn't, if he takes all star break off, comes back fresh, I don't see much of a drop off from Taiwan Walker. Now again, he is also not going to continue this pace through the end of September. There's no way. But I don't think we're going to see a fiasco like we did last year. TJ, <laughs> I hope you're right. Let's talk okay. about uh, Dom Smith and potential upgrades at the DH position with the trade deadline at the end of July. Andrew, what are you thinking? Any moves you see? It's it's a tough one to figure out. There's not a whole lot of guys out there that seem like great replacements. There's definitely a few, but it, it is guys that we might need to give up a lot for. I know Cohen and the front office has come out saying that they're not, or I don't know if it was them saying it or if it was a report came out, but that they're not looking to trade top prospects and make a huge splash they are willing to take on a big contract to you know they're they're willing to pay money but not so much players uh we'll we'll see if that happens or not if the braves keep winning and that forces them to make a move there's definitely Mm. there's options out there there's there's the miners we have vientos down there as one of our top prospects he's a big power guy i don't think he's ready he strikes out a lot. I think right now his yeah, strikeout rate is like 30%, which again, you can expect that to jump even higher in the majors. So he definitely needs some more time down there just to keep improving. Uh, the idea of Alvarez was floated around. I think that's an awful idea. He should stay yeah, and just keep, it's not gonna happen, keep no. catching, keep working on yeah. his defense. So I know, Jack, maybe you had a few guys in mind. Well, here's the thing that bothers me, and we saw this uh, with this little slumpering lately. Dom is 6 for 21, which is a 280 pace, but he's got no home runs and two RBIs since he came back. He has no home runs in 107 at-bats. The problem is this, and we've seen this, we are not strong against left-handed pitching. Against left-handed starters, our record is, is not very good. Now, Pete, J.D., Dom and McNeil are all 30, 40, 50, 60 points lower in average versus lefties than righties. Now, McNeil is lefties, okay, but his last 11 home runs were all off right-handed pitching. Pete is batting 214 against lefties this year. J.D. Davis is 225, and Dom is 154. So, we need a right-handed bat that hits left-handers. And I'm looking down the list. There's a few guys out there that look very good potential to me. One guy in particular I think is a guy to get. A couple of cheap options. First is Trey Mancini, first base for the Orioles, been jump, been bandied about. He's a free agent at the end of the, at the end of the, uh, next season. He's a free agent. He averaged 30 home runs a year from 2017 to 2021. He only has eight this year, but he hits lefties. He's very available from the Orioles. He he's not a young kid. He's like 30 years old. So. As a guy, Brandon Drury, who was a Met last year, is just killing it for the Reds right now. He's batting 301s <laughs> against lefty this year. He's number one on the Reds at home runs, RPIs, OPS. I mean, you go right down the list. Brandon Drury is killing it. And he could play first base. We're looking for a guy who could play first base, give Pete the rest, or give Pete a day at DH. The reason we can afford this, the reason Dom could even be on our team, is because, as we've talked before, the Guillaume-McNeil combination... You can have a spot 
for a guy like who's just going to be a backup first base and a power hitting DH. If you've got the guy I'm looking at is CJ Crone from the Rockies. Mm-hmm. He's, he signed through 2023. He's only making $7.5 million a year. He's got 20 home runs this year. Wow. He's fifth in the league in OPS. He's fourth in home runs. The key thing about C.J. Crone, though, for the Rockies, is that he's 32 years old. But this is not a guy who the Rockies are going to be too eager to hold on to in terms of a building block for their future demise because they, after signing Chris Bryant to that mm-hmm. contract, they, they're, they're hopeless anyway. But C.J. Crone <laughs> is the first baseman. Obviously, he can DH and like anybody can, but CJ Crone to me is the guy at 32. He's batting 326 this year with 20 home runs. He's a cheap player. I say we go get him because you put him in that lineup behind Pete, batting fifth, or maybe depending on who's pitching, it would be uh, maybe he bats six behind McNeil. McNeil in the five slot. Um, CJ Crone is is the guy to go and uh, is the way to go, and we'll see what happens there. It might be Mancini. I don't think they'll get Drury, but that would be silly. Jack, did you notice? Did you notice that nineteen of the twenty home runs he hit were at Rocky Stadium, and they were all wall scrapers? I don't know if yes. he'll be hitting them out. I don't know if they're wall scrapers, <laughs> but it wasn't nineteen out of no, twenty. I'm just joking. I'm just up. joking. All right, well, let's move on. Francisco Alvarez had his first Triple A start. It was a good one. He had an RBI single and a 4-3 win. He walked and he threw a guy out. So it's good to see him doing well uh, in his debut in AAA. I think you guys are right. He's got to stay down there. Just state, you know, grow. He'll be he'll be good in, uh, in a year or two. All right. Um, let's move on to something really important that I I wanted to bring up. We've got we've got Carrasco pitching for us, and everybody knows his nickname is Cookie. He's had He's had some great outings for us this year. Great stellar outings. He's been our best pitcher. And he's also had some terrible outings. Particularly some very sorry first innings. And I just want to discuss with you guys the best and worst types of cookies. So I can, you know, talk to you guys over text and some in some Met slang, say Cookies, yeah. Ah man. I love cookies. Carrasco's having a, you know, Oreo inning. This is an Oreo inning, or this is a this is a Thin Mint inning. I don't know how you guys want to take that as good or bad. I want to see what you guys think the best cookie is. I want to find out the best cookie and the worst cookie in in the Lugie world. Andrew, do you have a favorite and a least favorite? This is a tough one. I I was thinking about it and a few came to mind, and I just keep th- thinking of more and more that I like. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones. Uh, but I'll throw one out there that May or may not be a a consensus favorite, but is one of mine is a snickerdoodle cookie. Oh, okay. nice like cinnamon-y? sugar cookie, but it has cinnamon on it when it's nice and soft. I think that's definitely a top tier cookie. Okay, okay. Jack, do you have? I, actually, I'll go next. I've got a couple. I've got four in the best four cookie co- category. How can you pick four? Well, Four's I, too well, many. Well, you can easily narrow them down. If you say nah, then it's an easy narrow down. This is this is All quick. Right, Oreo, ahead. chocolate chip, Samoa is the best Girl Scout cookie, and a white chocolate <laughs> macadamia. Those are my four mm, best that's cookies. A, those are good. That's the best cookies. All right, Jack. Oh, I like the white and the macadamia. I like cookies that remind me of me. Oh, boy. Soft, soft, sweet. 
Oh, God. And chewy. Yeah, so any soft, sweet, chewy cookie <laughs> reminds me. It would just be the kind of cookie I really would love. So you've got... So so your favorite cookie is the Jack cookie? Yes, yeah, soft, chewy, and delicious. All right, thanks for that input. Yeah, what's your least favorite cookie, Jack? Anything hard and crunchy, yeah. I got to dunk it in milk then. Ah, you, you don't like a crisp? No, All right. no crisp cookies, no. Uh, Andrew, Andrew, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think fortune cookie is, if we're counting that even as a cookie, is definitely one of the worst. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with the really anything crunchy. Like, I love a chocolate chip cookie, but a crunchy one, I just, it's not even worth it to me. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I could, if I could pick an absolute worst. All right, we'll just we'll just have to settle on the fortune cookie as it is the hardest cookie probably, and we'll just throw Snickerdoodle as the best. That was a that was an easy All discussion. Right. Very good, Snickerdoodle. We'll, we'll hope Carrasco has a Snickerdoodle start next time out. My neighbor's my neighbor's got a Snickerdoodle. Barks all night. Go ahead, uh, what, what are you gonna say? All right, Jack. I I heard that some listeners have been reaching out to you uh, with some questions. What do you got for us? Oh yeah, I got I got a question from a uh, listener, Brian Zales. He's a very loyal listener. Oh, one of our longtime fans. He asks, which Met would you most like to go to a bar with, guys? What do you think? Mm. Well, I can tell you right now, I think Jeff McNeil would be a little bit depressing to hang out with in a bar. Yeah, he's rough. Lindor maybe a little bit too happy. Um, hmm, that's a tough one. Maybe Max Scherzer would be really fun to go out yeah. on the town with. He's a psycho. I think it, he would have a really intensely good time. Yeah, you want a fun guy. Yeah. Andrew, All what right, do you think? Andrew, who do you got? Hmm. I was thinking Starling Marte just seems like a really oh, cool yeah. guy to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he'd have all the ladies all over him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which Wingman. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, I, I would have to wingman him. I, I, I wouldn't need him to wingman me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, may, maybe, maybe Starling Marte. You know, I was gonna say cool Marte because Marte is the coolest cat out there. He's a stud. Yeah. If you get into a fight, forget it. He'll kick everyone's ass. Uh, the chicks will all be. But see, he's almost a duplicate of me, though. It's like oh, going yeah, to the bar true. with myself. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. So. I mean, you I guys might to... burn down the whole bar with how hot that bear yeah, is. <laughs> it would be crazy to walk <laughs> in there. It'd be so silly. Um, I'm going to stick with Marte anyway, but I've never been to a bar with me, so it'll be my opportunity to go to a bar with uh, a guy like me. So yeah, I'm going to go with Sally Marte as well. That's a beautiful two twins, two peas in a pod. Yeah, oh, yeah, see it. yeah. All right, let's move <laughs> on to other MLB storylines from around the league. Our players of the week. I'll go ahead and and start this one off. I I totally forgot about this guy. I was gonna talk about uh, I was gonna talk about him last week. So I I really have to give this guy a shout out because after 14 seasons and 696 career games, a Cubs reliever named David Robertson finally got an at bat in the major leagues. I just I don't know if you guys saw this at bat. No. no. He he was he was he walked up smiling with the. He, most goofy smile I've ever seen, and he didn't stop smiling the entire at bat. The Cubs were up fourteen to one against the Pirates at the time, and the second baseman Diego Castillo was pitching to him. So 
in the in the era where pitchers aren't supposed to be batting, there's a guy getting his first at bat, and it's against a second baseman. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, David Robertson, former former uh, Yankee, I believe. Ah, really? Maybe I shouldn't have shouted him out. And I just want to say one thing: What does that tell you about the Pirates? If the Cubs are beating them fourteen to one, they really suck. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're rough to watch. They sorry, bad. sorry, Pittsburgh fans. At least beautiful you got, stadium. At least you got O'Neill. Yeah, and that beautiful stadium. Uh, so he he chased a fifty-one mile mile per hour lob ball high in the zone. Went down swinging. Uh, he was interviewed after the game, and he just said, "I blew it." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but I watched the whole at bat, and to be honest, uh, Castillo he, he he knew that he knew Robertson was up there, and he was going to be swinging, and he gave him absolutely nothing in the zone. Everything was at least six inches out of the strike zone. Uh, he was really taking advantage of how excited Robertson was. It was pretty cruel and unusual. But congratulations to David Robertson on your first plate appearance, 696 games. Good for you. Yeah. And my other my other player of the week for this week is going to be Kyle Gibson, 34-year-old pitcher for the Phillies, who gave up four home runs in oh, four yeah. straight at-bats uh, with, with two outs. Yeah. So it was, Pretty funny. you know, I, uh, my heart goes out to Kyle Gibson. All right, Jack, who's your player of the week? Well, it was the pitching coach's fault. The pitching coach said, look, just get it over the plate. Just, two hours. just get over the plate. And look what happens. And it was the first inning. Yeah, so. that's crazy. What's this, my, my player of the week? Yeah. All right, I got, I got, I got, okay, here's the guy that didn't make the cut. Mike Trout, last seven games, three for 25, one home run, two RBIs, 13 strikeouts in those 25 at-bats. But he's not my player of the week. You know who my player of the week is? Who? Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, who is injured. He's batting 226 this year. He is the Our worst first injured player. He is the worst in all of Major League Baseball batting average on breaking balls. He's batting 067 Ooh. on breaking balls. You know where all that translates to? What? He's in the middle of negotiating a 13 year, $425 million contract with the Nationals right now. So if you're hurt, you're batting 226 and you can't hit the curveball, boom. There's 40 million bucks a year, Juan Soto, no problem. So Juan Soto by player of the player of the week. All right. Interesting. Andrew, who do you got for us? Uh my player of the week is another young stud like Juan Soto. Um he's a top prospect center fielder for the Mariners, Julio Rodriguez. Ah, good one. Julio, yeah, good he's one. currently the favorite to win AL Rookie of the Year. He's having a fantastic year so far. He's hitting 275, 15 home runs, 47 runs scored, 43 RBIs, leads the MLB with 20 stolen bases, and he's got an 824 OPS. He has three and a half uh, war on baseball reference, which is tied with Aaron Judge, oh, wow. uh, which is kind of ridiculous because Judge yeah. has 29 home runs. So I don't I don't understand the math there. <laughs> but either way, he's he's playing like a top 10, top 15 hitter in the MLB at 21 years old. This week, he hit 346, had four home runs, eight RBIs, and a 1341 OPS. 
And mm-hmm. yesterday, on July 4th, he became the fastest player in MLB history to reach 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases. He did it, I think, in 81 games, which oh. is the fastest of anyone. Uh, nine games faster than Barry Bonds. And there's a few other good players on that list that he did it faster than. So he he's having an incredible start to the year. He started off slow and then has just been raking ever since then. He's been a top prospect for a while, so it's not like this is coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be kind of the next big young name, maybe in that Soto, Acuna, Tatis. Uh, what about the kid from Tampa Bay and the other O'Neal, the kid you mentioned last oh, week? Yeah, O'Neal, what's his name? Well, there's a lot of studs out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're in a in a good place in the MLB where mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that are young playing incredible. Hopefully, they'll all keep it up. Unfortunately, none of them are on the Mets right now, but yeah. it is nice to see. Hopefully, we'll add Francisco uh, Alvarez to that list. Yeah. There you go. All right. Very good. Well, speaking of other young studs, Cody Bellinger, is he above his line of 220? Cody Bellinger continues to stink up the joint. Batting 208, 12 points below the Bellinger line. May I also (laughs) add, his home run rate is the lowest of his career. The strikeout rate is the highest of his career. His walk rate is the lowest of his career. The guy, the future Pittsburgh Pirate, Cody Bellinger, you know, he's eligible for arbitration next year. (laughs) What do you pay a guy like this? He's making seventeen million this year, so I mean, I don't know. It's crazy, but yeah, Cody oh. Bellinger still below the Bellinger line. Why? Right, what's next? Sorry, Cody. All right, another another watch. Sebi Zavala watch. Has he got that six career home run, or has he gotten that seven? No, no, he is still stuck at six. Okay. Uh, he Jack is still correct. He did though. I saw he had a. Three for five game with two doubles, three RBIs oh, yesterday. Uh oh. So That's, unfortunately, catching yeah, fire. He might, he might be uh, sticking around in the lineup for a little bit. I know the starting catcher for the White Sox is still out, coming back soon. So it will be interesting to see if Sebi stays up or if the other backup catcher stays up instead of him. Uh, but hopefully for Jack, Sebi will be sent back down. I'll have Man. to pull a Nancy Kerrigan and then bust his leg. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to happen, Sebby. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to something that Lugie's calling Boon Ball. Jack, what can you tell us about it? Well, you know, we got Bucky Ball, of course, as we all know, stolen away by John Heyman. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the Yankees, I was looking at their statistics. You know, they are famous for hitting those long fly balls and they jog down the first and then the ball hits the wall and they have to hustle hard to try to get in second safely. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Because Aaron yeah. Boone doesn't give a shit about uh, about this lack of hustle. Well, to further put the point home, they're next to last in the major leagues in, 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 in infield hits and they're next to last in the American League in triples. So the two statistics where you would see a function of guys hustling, they're next to last in both infield hits and in triples. Uh, and so I just want to throw it in there. Mets, Bucky Ball, Yankees, Lazy Ball. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Going after the 58-22 and 22 New York Yankees. Uh, I love you know, to see it. This is a Mets podcast, They're going to slump. A team, a team built like that with all those muscle heads, eventually the good pitching is going to catch up with those guys, and they're going to be done. That's all I want to say about that team. 
I have a good feeling you're right about that. All right, Jack, what's bothering you besides the Yankees' lack of hustle? You know, I was really enjoying a Met game yesterday. I watched the whole game. And then, how long ago did Francisco Lindor hurt his little pinky <laughs> uh, a, on a hit-by-pitch? What was that, over a month ago? Well, there's Mommy, Mommy Kirby helping poor little Francisco put on his second glove still. <laughs> what is going on with this? You still need two gloves? Your mommy is still have to help you put your other glove on? That is embarrassing. It reminds me when I'm growing up up in New York State, going outside in the wintertime to go some sleigh riding, <laughs> and my mom would be helping me on with all my boots and my gloves and my hat, you know, because, you know, I'm a, you got your, your uh, long johns are on, you're, you're all... And there's this guy is still getting help with a glove. I, it's just absolutely mm. ridiculous. So That's stop with the second glove. Unless you can put that it on yourself, terrible. stop with the glove. That's, that's all I got on that. Stupid. All right, Jack. Thank you for that. We'll let you cool Sorry. off for a second. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed off. All right, let's, let's give you a moment. Go ahead. All right, Jack. We got a quiz for you now. I hope you're cooled off oh, after, that, after that pause. Um, we got a player again. Go ahead and ask your little questions. I think the player should always be a Hall of Famer, don't you it, think? He, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm never going to not choose a Hall of Famer. Uh, and Andrew, Andrew subbed in for you last week and he did very well getting Clayton Kershaw. Him. I heard him. I got I'm it glad. two questions earlier, though. I might just want to go to that. <laughs> yeah, <All right. laughs> you are very smart, Jack. <laughs> yeah, but I can't keep this up, you know, especially right. with COVID. Especially with COVID right now. I can't keep this up. With COVID, no, we're still no going to test you. COVID. You know, we've All got, right. we've, we're going to have a good stat line. We're going to see how much the drink helps and how much the COVID is, That's you know, true. taken away. All right. All right. So you said he's an all star. Okay. So is he? Yeah. Yeah. You got away with one there. That counts as a question. That's one. Yeah, but you didn't answer it. Yeah, I did. No, he's not a pitcher. Is he most famous for playing in the National League or the American League? American League. Um, rookie year before or after 1957? After. Oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> um, Come on, you only asked two questions. Is he an infielder? Or three questions, sorry. Is yes. he an infielder? Yes. yes. George Brett. No. Wow, that was, right, gut- that was gutsy. <laughs> I know, it was. It was. I was really reaching there. Okay, let's go rookie year before. You said it was after 57. After 57. It was it after 77. No. Okay. Um... His career batting average over 300. Yes. I'm leaning toward Rod Carew. That is correct. It yeah, is Rod yeah, Carew. Baby. <laughs> wow. George Brett was close. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you why George Brett is close, because the two highest batting averages you know, since Ted Williams hit 400, one is George Brett at three, I think it was 390, the second was Rod Carew, who batted three eighty eight. They have the two highest BAs since Williams hit four hundred one in, in uh, four hundred six in nineteen forty one. Well done, Jack. It's, it's it seems like you don't even need the liquor. <laughs> that was very good. Oh bullshit! All right, I let's move on to the Joe. <laughs> let's move on to the Joe West Award this week. Joe who West. is the worst umpire of Week Thirteen? So I'm a little upset 
at uh, this guy for Uh-oh. for doing this because we put in all that work to resurrect him from the dead. Oh, no. <laughs> but still, Andy Fletcher is How the worst he? umpire of the week. How could he? Which is another absolutely atrocious game. <laughs> Jeez Louise, wow. Andy. We're going to have to re-kill him. <laughs> Maybe he's got some kind of illness he wants to be cured of, and he just decided to have a bad game, but no, this it's is not, incredible. It's not the cure, Jack. It's, it's Depeche Mode. Oh yeah, okay, that's right. All right, let's good point, Zach. To, oh, that's a good one. Let's move on to Bill Clem Award this week. Who was the best umpire week thirteen? New best guy? umpire, another new guy. Woo! Uh, this is John Tumpain. Put up a ninety-nine percent one wrong call game in a very close seven to six uh, Baltimore against the Rangers. Close game. Um, yeah, a, a great job. I think he is a really good umpire, and, and we haven't talked about him because he hasn't had an excellent game up until this point, mm-hmm. uh, but he put it all together this week. Good mm. job, Johnny Tumpain. No, he, he's he's a young guy. He's only uh, 39 years old. Josh McDonald thinks he sucks, but uh, Josh McDonald uh, sucks <laughs> anyway. No, I like John Tumpain. He's from Illinois, so uh, you know he's a good Midwestern guy. Sounds right, good. What, what, what else Sounds like a sweetie. All right. Uh, on the umpiring front, I let you guys know a couple of weeks ago that I reached out to MLB customer service team about talking to an umpire on this podcast, and they've pointed me in the direction of the MLB public relations team. Oh. So I did get a message back, and mm-hmm. I sent a new message out to the public relations team. Uh, I... I think it's a good sign that they at least, you know, sent me somewhere else instead of just being like, stop harassing us about talking yeah. to our umpires. Mm-hmm. So, hey, maybe maybe we got something cooking. We might have John Tumpain on in a, in a couple months. Who knows? Well, my only question is this. We would we be better off maybe with a retired umpire. Maybe uh, give us yeah. a little more insight. Maybe be able to have a little more leeway in terms of what he could tell us and not tell us. Just keep that in mind as you go about your quest there. I'll yeah. take any umpire that's umped in the MLB at this current juncture, but if they let me choose, I'll keep that in mind. If they say, yeah. have your pick of the litter, I'm obviously going to choose Joe West. Yeah, because like, let's say we want to ask him, like, who's your favorite catcher to stand behind and rub your chest up against? Uh, <laughs> you know, he, isn't, they might not, he might not be so forthcoming as a that's retired true. umpire. Yeah, if he's you still know. in the league. Yeah, if there's he's certain, still in the league, yeah, that guy will be real creeped out. That he might not want to answer if he's still. Uh, there may be a lawsuit. We can ask yeah. him whose farts smell the best or the exactly. worst. Exactly, whose farts? Whose farted the worst? Oh, what, start writing these down. The oh yeah, no, I actually have a note to self. Umpire questions. So okay, good work on that, Zach. Good work. I'm trying. All right, yeah, uh, let's get to our role player draft this week. Let's see if I can finally notch my first win. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. All right, let's see. We're doing batters this week, or no pitchers, right? We are doing pitchers this week. Correct? All right, uh, we'll start with Jack's Zach Wheeler in the strikeout category. How many did he have? Oh yeah, Zach Wheeler racked up twenty-one strikeouts. Whoa, Pete! Oh, I should be worth two points. All right, how about my Justin Verlander? Verlander, I was I was shocked to see this number. Only nine strikeouts. Wow, sucks. 
Wow, that's disappointing. He really destroyed us without having to strike out many of us, huh? All right, Tyler Malley for you, Andrew. Tyler Malley, 16 strikeouts. All right, Mm -hmm. not bad. How about Adrian Hauser for Jack? How many walks did he give up? Uh, Two walks allowed by Adrian (sighs) Hauser. That's pretty good. One start. All right, Jamison Tyone for the Yankees. Is he still too studly for me? Tyone is also two walks. Oh, yeah. All right, Michael Kopech, does he take the category here? He did six walks for Wow. Kopech. Johnny Go Walker, back to the minors. indeed. All right. Sucks. How about earn runs? <laughs> earn runs for Dane Dunning. Speaking of guys that need to go back to the minors, Jack yeah, had Dane well, Dunning. How many so. did he have? Dane Dunning allowed six earn runs. <laughs> Get him out of here. How about Zach Davies for me, Zach? Zach Davies, only two. Oh, he's Good a stud job. now all of a sudden. All right, Charlie yeah. Morton for Andrew. I mean, Charlie allowed... Morton, four earned runs. All right. Uh, another, all right. another victory. For me. Adam Ottavino, how many appearances did he have this His week? His arm's falling off. He has to have won this one. Adam Ottavino, <laughs> four appearances. I feel like it should be more, but it's only yeah, two, weeks. two weeks. Wow. So we had a lot Giovanni, of days. Giovanni Gallegos, how many did he have in the last two weeks? Four for Giovanni as well. Come on. All right, Adam Simber. Adam Simber, seven appearances. Wow, so we do have a tie here, right? We have a tie, and the tiebreaker is to add up all the points scored by the two winners and see. I added those up, and they both equal 33. So So we have a complete tie. Actually, yes, so Zach wins (laughs) the role player draft. I'm going to confirm that out of Vino statistic. I'm going to put you guys both at a half a win there, so it's going to be five and a half to two that's and a fine. half. For with now, Andrew, that's fine. With Andrew in the lead, I have zero. All right. Let's move on to our last category, Music of the Week. We listen to oh, APB's crap. Something Did to Believe oh. in. Oh, good, because... Uh, that's I right, Jack. That was it. you. <laughs> yeah. You know this one. All right. Jack, um... Can you break this one down for us? Yeah, I, I said to myself, they're not going to like this because um, it's similar to other albums I've picked that you didn't like. Now, this is a Scottish band out of, out of Aberdeen, Scotland, and they were f- big-time underground favorites in the New York metropolitan area in 85, 83, 4, 5, and 6. They can, they're still commonplace shows in New York, believe it or not. Um at a couple bars where people used to love them. Um, but they're, they kind of made a little bit of a comeback when um, Franz Ferdinand and a couple other Scottish bands became famous. That was like 2013, 2014. So. But it just, uh, to me, uh, one of the great alternative pop punk bands of the era. Very, very heavy on the bass. A really funky, funky bass. And... Um, Underrated band, not very well known at the time, but a very underrated band for the post-punk funk that they were. What did you give it? Oh, I gave it a a nine. Your mom loves them. Nine. Wow. All right. Andrew, do you want to take it next? What did you think? I, I was mixed on this one. I think in the beginning, the first song or two, I was just like not not super impressed, uh, but as it kept going, I felt like the songs got better, or maybe I just like got more in the mood and started liking them more. 
I did love the bass. The bass was maybe the highlight of the album. It was just really fun. Uh, it was it was a nice change of pace to listen to some songs that were just kind of about nothing. Mm-hmm. Like the one song, Rainy Day, is yeah. literally just complaining about that it rains all the time and that it's cold and that the weather sucks. And just like stuff it like sucks. that was, was kind of fun. And like you just, you know, you get in the groove of it, you start like learning the words and singing it. And like it definitely, it was, I enjoy, I, at the end, I was like, okay, actually, I think I did like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely wasn't anything special or groundbreaking to me, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so because like I did like it, but it, it wasn't anything amazing. I'm gonna go. I'll go six point one. Well, you know, it's funny you say how it got better as it went on. The, the those singles are in chronological order, so it starts in eighty one and it goes through eighty six. So they were definitely softened uh-huh. their sound as the years went by. They started off as a more of an ang- angular gang of four type of punkish band and they progress to more of a pop sounding band by the end of that record so you definitely see a progression in style from song one through ten so very good observation andrew zach i don't know if you got anything worth saying uh probably not but i've been watching (laughs) stranger things these days and it's got a lot of that 80s synth sound in that show and this is a 1985 album, I believe, and yeah, it brings a lot of that same kind of stuff in there. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the Ramones a little bit, the way he like sings and chants. Yeah, not as much the instruments, but like the kind of tone that the songs have. Uh, mm-hmm. I had also heard a couple of these from you, Jack. Something to believe yeah. in, and yeah. so many broken hearts, which yeah. are two of my favorite songs I've heard from you. I really mm-hmm. enjoy those two songs. I also liked Summer Love, Rainy Day that you mentioned, Andrew, and Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I enjoyed most of it. I mean, it's kind of my kind of music with the with the synthesizers and the. It had a bit of the Seinfeld guitar, which I always think is funny. I, I'll mm-hmm. always get entertained by some Seinfeld guitar. Uh, I, I gave it a yeah. I gave it a seven point seven. All right. Out of ten. So, I believe it's my turn this yeah. this week to suggest a new one. Um, I'm gonna. I've never heard of this band. I've never heard of this album, but we're gonna listen to it anyway. It's M83's "Hurry Up, We're Dreaming." I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. It's from 2011. I have no idea what to expect from this one. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's a pop record. So we'll see. I recognize that name, M83. I think uh, you kids might have had some stuff from them. All right. Maybe maybe that's true. I, I don't recognize the name. I don't recognize the album, but but we'll see. He's a, he's a Frenchman. He's French? He's French. The band is French. Well, he's French. Yeah, it's a one-man band. All right. Should but, be interesting. Uh, oh, it's a five-star record you just picked. Hurry up, we're dreaming. Well, I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, I know, I know it's good, but that's all I know about it. It's well, it's supposedly band. good. Yeah, no, lush. Oh, this should be very good. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, all right. I got a huge review here from AllMusic.com. Big review. Whoa! Very, all right, very exciting. 
stumbled into a gem, maybe. Um, let's hope so. Thank you all for joining us for episode 48 of Loogie. We hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Join us next Thursday for episode 49. Follow us on Instagram at Loogie Podcast. And we're on TikTok. Tell a friend. Rate us six stars. Um, and, you know, if you have a seven. listener email. <laughs> oh, we're going seven stars now? <laughs> We're getting better. (laughs) If you have a listener email, uh, like Brian Zales did, you you can always reach out to us. Uh, I think it's loogiepod at gmail.com. Is that right, Andrew? Uh, Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, loogiepod or loogiepodcast. If you really want to reach us, just try both. It's uh, loogiepodcast at gmail.com. Loogiepodcast at gmail.com. We get a bunch of emails in there. Uh, it's Ooh, it's crazy one. in there. We we might even start a discussion board soon with all of our fans that we have. It's a lot going on. Uh, but we haven't forgot about our old faithful in Denmark. We love you. Love you, Dane. Love you, Denmark. Have a good night. Good night.